right, so, uh, okay. This is... Season one. Season one, episode episode nine. Nine. Uh, Which is, Sadie, do you want to read us in? In which the experience of performing in the school talent show becomes an evil dummy, or so we think. (laughs) So is the is the formula for this always that becomes is the <laughs> is the turning point? Because I think I think you should keep that. Enjoy this. <laughs> I'm just explaining the metaphor in case anyone yeah. like watches it and doesn't get the metaphor and needs to have it explained to them. Uh yeah, well I mean I think Buffy series one definitely doesn't like doesn't doesn't lay it on thin with the metaphors. <laughs> Um uh so yeah this is the last um this is like the last couple of episodes that we'll be talking about probably uh that are rubbish. <laughs> I mean it's not rubbish. You know, you know what I mean. Like it 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 is what it is. It is. Uh, <laughs> um but uh yeah, I mean this this is not it's not an example of, you know, the the best this show can be. I think um, it becomes excellent in a different way. Definitely, definitely. Um, but it's really bizarre. Like I'm pretty sure even when I saw this when I was like seven, I was like, <laughs> "What is this absolute nonsense?" Like, and before we even begin, I think I want to just say to Michelle Geller, if you're listening, um, I just want to massively congratulate you for really dealing with quite a difficult acting job in this episode and doing it really really well because (laughs) she has to do a lot of scenes with this evil ventriloquist dummy Uh like acting with it face to face um, being serious and she does a great job yeah it's actually quite like a body movie (laughs) uh the relationship they have you know like like solving crimes together um (laughs) But yeah, now, uh, I guess so. So something I do remember is, um, and I maybe should talk about this later, but I'll say it now. Uh, Sid, um, in the TV show, this is the only time you see this puppet. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, bafflingly, when they made the Buffy the Vampire Slayer pl- game for the PlayStation Two, which I obviously owned, obviously. Uh, which was terrible. Um, and I think it actually came out after the show ended. I could be wrong. Oh, wow. Or maybe like in this last, maybe it's in the last series or something like that there. Um, they decided to bring Sid back as like the main, uh, like the main kind of plot point of it, I guess. The main plot point. Well, yeah, they, t- they took Sid and they took the first evil and they put them together into, so they're, you know, very... They're very opposite ends of Buffy. Yeah. You know? Um and yeah, and Sid Sid was one of the playable characters in it. You could you could run around as the as the little um puppet. Oh wow. Um I must see if I can dig that game yeah. out. That could be that could be that could be an episode in itself, it actually. It definitely Maybe could a be shield. a little review episode. Yeah. Yeah, I might find that game actually. Um it's definitely at, it's definitely at home. Like it's definitely it's definitely in my house somewhere. I'm not sure how we'll do it, but we'll find a way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it starts, is it with um, Cordelia singing? Yeah, so we're backstage at the school talent show and Cordelia is killing it. 
Oh yeah. Doing uh is it a Whitney Houston song? <clears throat> uh it is a Whitney Houston song, the the greatest love of all, maybe. I decided long ago never to walk in anyone's shadow. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do you think that she... So, you know the way you can kind of sometimes tell when someone's a good singer pretending to be a bad singer and when uh. someone's actually a bad singer? Like, do you think that she can sing? I don't know. I feel like um, Willow, Alison Hannigan... Alison Hannigan? Yeah. yeah. I feel like she's actually a good singer. I don't know. Her... Because later in... Oh, sorry, it's in the next episode she does a bad singing voice. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Not yeah, in yeah. this episode, but when she does her bad singing voice, that sounded like a very fake bad singing voice. Yeah, and and actually, uh, that's a good point you bring up because so the next episode is all about like their nightmares, mm-hmm. um, or like specifically their fears, I guess. And they do loads of groundwork in this episode where loads of characters talk about like their fears, and then they come up in the next thing. So like Xander says, he's afraid of clowns. So they then... do, yeah. And um. Uh, Buffy, uh, not Buffy, the uh, Willow and the singing thing. Yeah, so because I watched the two of them back to back, I hadn't quite cottoned on to that. Like, I hadn't really been thinking of them as separate episodes, but yeah, they definitely yeah. do. And uh, even Cordelia's hair when Giles does the hair thing. Yes. So there's like a lot of little Easter ah, eggs planted in this, ah, which like... there's stuff going on. Speaking of Willow, I have an Easter egg. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Excellent. Uh, so <clears throat> the the three the three Slayer uh pack walk in to Giles and he's he's being the um talent show coordinator yeah. I guess um and Willow's wearing a t shirt with um a, a a rubber duck on it mm-hmm. uh and the rubber duck first at first you're like oh there's Willow wearing a t shirt with a rubber duck you know Willow's like very cute and sort of, you know, childish. But then you look closer and the rubber duck is rolling its eyes. Oh. Which shows that it's sort of a bit of a sassy rubber duck. Yeah. Very, 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 very 90s, very Gen mm-hmm. X, very, very blasé. Um, but then her hair clip has a has a little rubber duck on it as well. Oh. Just, just, just notice that. So, like the, the, you know, I think that there's a, there's a lot of symbolism there mm-hmm. going on. Just, just to say. I think you're right, and I think again, maybe laying groundwork for the ways in which we're gonna see Willow's character grow and develop. Yeah, I mean, she's kind of the rubber duck, you she know. She is kind of the rubber duck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I guess this is the first time we see Snyder, and I was surprised at how how young I thought he looked, which is. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> How old would you say he is? About the same age as Xander, right? Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> no, I would say he was probably, like, the same age as Anthony Stewart Head. Like, I'd mm-hmm. say he was, like, early 40s or something. Okay. Um, and, uh, but he looks older by the end of the series. So, you know, obviously, like, it takes it out of you mm. being a principal on, on a high school that's on the helmet. Definitely, yeah. So, you know, you, you could see that aging. Mm. Uh, that, would, that would make sense. Absolutely, um, yeah. But I didn't do the part with the sparklers. And, yeah, uh, anything anything else to cover here in, in the cold open? I guess you do see the puppet for the first time. Yep, the ventriloquist guy, what's his name again? Morgan, auditioning. 
Mor- Morgan, yeah. And then, so he starts off being like a rubbish ventriloquist, and then suddenly in the middle, he suddenly gets good because his dummy is actually alive. So, so this was, I couldn't, so this was, I was trying to think about like what is happening there mm. in their relationship. Like, mm. why, uh, what, why would he agree to be a ventriloquist dummy, but then like, why would Morgan, who has an enchanted dummy, be like, I'm going to do all the voices myself. Like, why wouldn't he just be like, oh, I have an enchanted dummy, I'll just let you do the voice. Cause I thought better. he didn't know until that point. I thought that Sid had been not being alive and just pretending to be like a wooden, non-alive dummy until that moment. And that was the first moment of him speaking. Because Morgan looks pr- very surprised when it happens. I think he's surprised he's spoken in that context, but I, I think he's pretty chill for like a dummy suddenly coming to life. <laughs> Do you know? Like, yeah, good point. He's maybe not surprised enough for that explanation to work. Um, and then because Sid, well, I don't want to like get too ahead of ourselves, but we can. Okay, you know. so Sid has decided to come to the school specifically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I don't. I, something's gone on that we haven't seen, I suppose, where Sid has like put himself into Morgan's possession for yeah. the purposes of coming to the school for this talent show. Yeah, yeah, and I just don't understand the dynamics there. And I'll come back later to the dynamics of the, the I guess the the the, the enemy character in the show because I also don't understand their choices either. But anyway. Okay. Yeah. Um, edible jockey, edible jockey shorts. Yeah. Um, yeah, very, very, very edgy material. That was quite for, edgy. Um, I thought so as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what jockey shorts are, but I assume they're something you wear on your underlines. Yeah. I like maybe they're like an old name for briefs, like boxer briefs really? or something. Really? Jockey shorts. I could imagine that because yeah. he's speaking like he's in it. He's kind of speaking like he's in um not like a noir, but you know, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sort of like a kind of a forties, thirties kind of gangster or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it feels like he's they they they've chosen a very very specific character for him to have mm-hmm. that kind of kind of would only work on a on a puppet because it doesn't (laughs) like like if they actually brought a character like a human character that like spoke and acted like that in Buffy like that would actually be kind of a step too far yeah yeah because he is he really does push the boundaries of what you can accept and because yeah he isn't he isn't a teenager yeah so if if that was because he looks like a puppet he's kind of like a little boy but if if that was an adult man and he was talking to Willow like that and Buffy like that later yeah, I mean, age gap discourse here again, but... <laughs> I know, I feel like I, I don't want to be too judgmental about it. I'm not, I'm not so judgmental about real life age gaps, but... <laughs> well, I, I, think, I think it's fair. I mean, they're like 16 and he's, yeah. what, at, le- at least 100. Uh... <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a, definitely a limit that I have and it's somewhere around the 100 year age gap. It starts to get weird, so, you know. So maybe, yeah, I mean... This isn't a campaign to cancel Sid, but, you know, there's definitely, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, then, uh, then, so then it starts, then it's, it's, it's the cold open, isn't it? 
where suddenly we're in the locker room yes. and then then this woman gets attacked mm-hmm. and and killed and by they, they start but we don't know what by something that starts very low yeah because the camera's like down on the down on the ground mm. a little bit a little bit of misdirection there mm. you know maybe mm. uh and also this demon likes to narrate what he's doing yeah what does he say I will be flesh. That's it. <laughs> That's it. I don't know why. I don't know why I sounded like um, Pat Butcher there. <laughs> <laughs> that classic Pat Butcher uh, line that everyone likes to quote: "I will be flesh." <laughs> yeah, she she screams it at Peggy when they're fighting over Frank. <laughs> So at this point, we probably assume that what has attacked her is Sid the Puppet. Oh, yeah, That's we what do. I'm thinking um, when I'm watching this. Yeah. And they're edible. <laughs> what happens next? Um, the Scooby Gang. So the Scooby Gang... Are we not calling them the Scooby Gang yet? The Scooby Gang, that's an intro. There's like an episode where that gets introduced for the first time. I think it might be in series two. Jumping ahead of ourselves. Or or maybe it's like the end of series one. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's actually quite funny when you think about it that they very much are called the Scoobies or the Scooby Gang. That's what I think which, of them as. But yeah, but that's like what they're what they're known as, despite the fact that that's an entirely different, very, very popular, <laughs> successful, uh, international branded yeah, TV show. Yeah. Pro- pro- probably more so than Buffy the Vampire Slayer in, in its lifespan. I guess so, yeah. Its, and it's and it's merchandising. Mm. Um, you know which one is more likely to turn up on an unofficial T-shirt in a street market in Mexico? It's probably Scooby Doo rather than Buffy, mm. but you could probably get both. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean it, it's just it just totally took that from that, which is yeah, which yeah. is, I mean the 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 power they have. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. Um, so. The three of them, Xander, Willow and Buffy. So they have been told by Snyder that they have to take part in the talent show as a punishment for skiving. So uh-huh. they're kind of trying to work out what to do. Um, and then they see Morgan and Sid. And Sid sleezes on Willow in quite an upsetting way. Yeah. Um, so do you think that Sid sounds a little bit like Bojack Horseman? Yeah, actually. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> I was kind of, I kept imagining him as Bojack Horseman at this point. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, Buffy uh, looks like um, Ginger Spice wearing Scary Spice's clothes. <laughs> uh, What's she wearing the, in this scene? Like a, a leopard print dress. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's quite bold. Um... <laughs> And, oh, and then Snyder has this amazing line uh, where he talks about, um, he's talking to Giles, I guess, about how things are going to be different now that Flutie's not here. Yes. And he says, oh, kids are human beings. They have feelings. He goes, that's the kind of woolly-headed liberal thinking that leads to being eaten. (laughs) I love that line. They're human beings. They have feelings. He is lovely. Yeah. Spontaneous cheerleader combustion. You can't put up with that. 
So then, so then uh, it becomes the who who killed uh, who killed the Emma. Yeah. So the locker room girl has been had her heart removed with a knife. Uh huh. Which demons don't tend to do, so it would mean that it's probably a human. And Xander, is it Xander and Willow are really quick to conclude to be like, okay, someone, one of the kids in the school did it. It's not supernatural. One of the kids in the school just murdered her. And they're really quick to conclude that it was probably Morgan because he's a bit weird. Yeah. Which yeah. was uncharacteristically judgmental on the part of Willow in particular, I thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, because he has the puppet and the puppet was sleazy. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, what else was I going to say about that? Uh, oh, so this is, um, it turns into a detective um, mm. thing. And this is, and I, this is the first time I realized this. This is the first episode that uses the, uh, like the detective edit where you've got the different Scoobies talking to different people, mm. all edited all edited together to try and um, figure out, like, you know, who's done what or whatever, and they're all, like, kind of interviewing different people. Because mm-hmm. uh, they do it again in Series 2, and they do it again in Series 3. And the re- and I, I linked the Series 2 and 3 ones together because they both got Jonathan <laughs> in them, but Jonathan's not in Series 1, mm. so that's why... It, but, yeah, so this this becomes a little bit of, like, every... All of the high school episodes have, like, a detective episode where mm. they're all kind of trying to figure it out. Um, uh, Cordelia has maybe the, the best line in this uh, where she says, Emma was my best friend, and Sandra's like, Emily. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and she's really the only one who seems very perturbed by the fact that somebody's just murdered the the girl Emma. Um, uh-huh. All the others are just kind of like, yeah, you know. Yeah, totally. Um, so I think we're gonna do a little bit of a dramatic reading now. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you can have a little bit of time to look at this, okay, but uh, basically, I looked up and there was like some dialogue cut from this uh, oh. episode. And Excellent. And it's just it's just like a little kind of two line piece, um, but uh, I don't know why they cut it because it is the best line in the whole thing. Um, so the context is uh, she's uh, Buffy's interviewing the girl that plays the tuba, mm-hmm. and um, this is the tuba that was like playing constantly yes. in the cold open, like. Um, so apparently that line was supposed to that episode or that um scene was supposed to open with this little bit of dialogue. So um Wonderful. do you want to be Buffy or the tuba girl without knowing anything? I'll be the tuba girl. Okay. Her name is Lisa. Okay. And I, I'm actually pretty happy. I think you'll be better delivering this than me. <laughs> okay. So you can have a wee look there. Where do I oh you send me it? It's in the chat. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so the scene that was cut, like, inexplicably, inexplicable moments, of which this episode has many. This is a hidden one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But this is how it should start. Lisa's obviously in the classroom, finishing off practicing the tuba. Mm -hmm. And Buffy walks in and says, Pretty good. I've never heard Flight of the Bumblebee on the tuba before. Most people aren't up to it. That's amazing. That was that. That should have been in it. Like that would have made it a much, much, 
less terrible uh, episode. Do you think they <laughs> cut it because was there some expectation that we would hear the end of that on the tube before the dialogue started? Is that the problem? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But God. Yeah, anyway, I just I found that and I was like, that's actually more funny than anything in this episode. What, what were you thinking? <laughs> I didn't know her too well. There's that whole dancer band rivalry, you know? Heard about that. Uh, I quite like looking at um, the the Buffy uh, like wiki has uh, has the episode translations in different languages. Excellent. And I should have really taken a note about which country this was, and I, I think it's Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, it's like has like twelve different languages, like everything, like Portuguese, Spanish, Romanian, uh, Finnish, blah blah blah. And then it says what that literally is back in back in uh, English. What the episode title? Yeah, Excellent. like how it be. So, you know, they're all usually, qu- they're usually quite the same, but sometimes they're very poetic or weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, like the way uh, The Hangover in French was called Really Bad Trip. Yeah, it's, it's got uh, quite a good one in Portuguese, actually. It's um, Si Biber Non Casa, which means don't drink and marry. <laughs> <laughs> um, like that's actually, that's actually much better. <laughs> And usually, Portu- Port- uh, usually Brazil absolutely massacres uh, the movie titles, but I saw that and I was like, that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, it's most of them are just the puppet show, the puppet show, puppet show, ta- maybe talent puppet show, something like that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, the German one is Buffy lets the puppets dance. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like that must be a reference to some sort yeah. of... German title for something or else. Or some kind of, about... like, idiom or something. That yeah, we, like, yeah. it, like, let the puppets dance must be, a, like, a turn of <laughs> phrase that people use. Because yeah. at no point in this episode does she let any puppets dance. <laughs> I know, and there's only one puppet. <laughs> there's only one puppet. <laughs> um, and, you know... Um, but anyway, yeah. So I might, I might, I might keep an eye on on the on the title translations because they're quite. If funny. you were gonna use "let the puppets dance" as an idiom, what would you use it to mean? Um, I think it would be actually a bit like "not my circus." Yeah, not my monkeys. I was thinking exactly the same thing. I would use it to be like "not my circus, not my monkeys." Yeah. Yeah. Let ah, the let the dance. puppets dance. <laughs> <laughs> we should start using it like that. Yeah, yeah. We'll bring it in. Okay. What What else do you have? Um, we start to see Morgan arguing with Sid. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what they're arguing about, actually. But they're disagreeing about something. Oh, yeah, he's shouting at him uh, in the chair. I think it's it's purposely quite vague. Yeah. We're supposed to think it's Sid, so... Yeah, we don't really know what's going on with Sid at this point. But he's having a wee argument with uh, Morgan. Uh, we see Joyce wants to come to the talent show, but Buffy says no. Um, Joyce being supportive as ever. Joyce looking great in her pajamas. Oh my god, so good in her pajamas, and her hair is like uh, all quaffed. Like she quaffed, just quaffed. she she know she knows like a uh, she's got a great nighttime routine. Mm. Uh, she moist, she's just she has moisturized. like three moisturizers. Yeah, yeah. She has no, like a she's night got, like, cream. Absolute, yeah. Um, I bet she has just, like gloves that she wears, like moisturizing gloves that she wears at night, <laughs> so that her hands are really really soft. Yeah, but again, yeah, lovely, supportive mom, um, stopping by her her daughter's bedroom, just the best mom, just the best mom. Just like really um, having her shit together, and then, yeah. 
she goes away and we see Sid looking in through the window. <laughs> and this is perhaps... Uh, I, I don't know if it's the most inexplicable <laughs> moment of the episode, but it's pretty <laughs> fucking weird. Um, where we see Buffy going to bed at night and then Sid's creepy little feet creeping about. <laughs> tiny, tiny little feet creeping about her room while she sleeps. Um, and uh, Joyce has to come in and save her from from Sid and his creepy little feet. So here's the question. Does he have a weapon in the scene? Because I know there's a bit later where he has a knife. but I don't think he does I in think... this scene. So, you know, like, was he just going to wrestle Buffy in the bed? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he just wanted as to talk a, to as her. As a puppet. You know, I think it's actually, you know, I think maybe this could be some predatory behaviour that's happening. I think it's pretty sus. Do you think? Because, uh, yeah, he does get pretty pervy with her later. He's pretty mm. pervy. He's like, I just wanted to check you weren't a demon. Yeah. You know, like, Ooh. use that one in the disco, pal, oh. you know. And he does have the <laughs> creepiest little feet. Yeah, they're tiny, tiny little like, feet. Like, no, no shade on anyone who has really little feet, but... Yeah, this, <laughs> they're prop. Yeah, Sid's just a creepy little character. He's a creepy little uh, man. He's little perv with his little feet. Um, okay, so then, uh, yeah, Joyce goes gets waked up, um, which she doesn't mind because she was dreaming about bills anyway. Oh yeah, um, of course, of course she was. <laughs> you know, it, it takes a it's a it's a lot of effort, you know, running that gallery and. And the one bit of respite she has, you know, she gets herself ready for bed and then bills come into her head and she deserves better than that. She does. She does. Yeah. <laughs> and like, she definitely pays all the bills on time anyway. I don't know what she's worrying yeah. about. I don't think she even was worrying about bills. I think she was just saying that to make Buffy feel better. That Exactly, because she's just a great Yeah, mom. and it's the yeah. sort of thing that mums probably should worry about bills. So she kind of feels like she has to say it, but actually she's, she's, kid- she's messing with us. She's on top of the bills. Yeah. But I want to support what you're doing. All right, so then we're in the classroom and they're talking about the Monroe Doctrine. Yeah, so I don't know anything about the Monroe Doctrine, do you? Uh, I'm going to, like, Google, like, the definition of it. But basically the Monroe Doctrine is, like, about um, US foreign policy. And I think it is basically that um, anything that happens in all of the Americas, uh, any, like, intervention or hostility that happens in like all of the Americas would be considered a hostile act against the United States. Mm -hmm. So it's basically kind of um, a beginning point, I suppose, of, I guess, uh, the United States seeing like Latin America as its backyard Mm -hmm. um, and uh, basically having all of their, all of their policy, all of their foreign policy being guided on basically making sure that the the leaders in all Latin American states would be pliant uh, and, you know, like, would let be open to their business interests mm. and stuff like that. So so basically the Monroe Doctrine is what guides uh, the, the ideology that sees the United States again and again supporting right-wing coups across all of the, every country in Latin America. Um uh as recently as you know this decade you know from and i think it came in in like 1820 or something so so that's monroe doctrine and i thought like uh i kind of wanted to see where the class was going on that you know i got i got really excited when they talked about the the monroe doctrine um i was like oh we're gonna we're gonna get into some like um 
big leftist ideas here, uh, uh, like anti-colonial stuff. But uh, no, no, then then it fades out. Um, they were just teasing us. They were flirting. Yeah, yeah. We got close, but not all the way there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then well, Sid is sitting in the class with the others, isn't he? Just mm-hmm. like sitting up like a student, just watching the front. And then he turns his head all the way around to look at Buffy. Uh, and it's again and very then, creepy. And then Cordelia has a great time. Yes. She 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 gives Buffy a burn. Mm-hmm. What was the burn again? I can't remember. Uh, I think she says... Um, she says something about oh, her and the puppet could be in the freak show together. That's it, yeah. And then she just like smiles like to herself and sits down as if like really just the most satisfying. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's great. My song is about dignity and human feelings and personal hygiene or something. So do you got anything here? The next thing I have is when they're talking to Sid, but I don't know if you have anything before that. No, I don't think so. Okay, so whatever happens, Sid, uh, does Sid attack Buffy by like dropping a chandelier on her? Yeah, so he traps her under a chandelier and then comes at her with a knife. Yeah, which is, again, very, very creepy. Um, I don't understand. So this actually, it's like the biomechanics of this enchanted doll really mm. confuse me. Because like, okay... Like, how is he going to overpower Buffy by, like, wrestling her in the bed, for one thing? Mm. And, you know, the the knife, how is he putting any force? But anyway. He must be quite strong. He must be quite a strong little puppet. Powered but bed. then I got, re- I got really confused because the scene then when they're in the library and they're talking to Sid and they're kind of interviewing him for the first time. And he's sitting in a chair. And the way his hand is placed in the chair <laughs> and there's this steam coming up. And it's because... Giles has a kettle on in the background <laughs> and and the steam is coming up behind him. Now, I think that was like a kind of a, an homage to the noiriness okay, of the scene yeah. and the sort of the exposition in his voice and you're in an office with the, with the blinds down mm-hmm. and, you know, that's supposed to be like the cigarette smoke. But it really does look, because of where his hand's placed, that he's smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and then I, I, just, I was like looking at it, I was like, where does it go? What what joy does he get from the nicotine? Like, what what are the pathways? <laughs> um, but now I think that they should have made him smoke a cigarette because why the fuck not at this point? Yeah, this rate, I mean, after know? everything else that they've done. Like, how does yeah. he even move? He's There's so many questions that we could ask about Sid, but we're not gonna. We're not gonna. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just I just want us all to take a second to imagine being Sarah Michelle Geller. You've got this role, you've done a few episodes, um, you're, you're a trained actress, and you have to pin this puppet. <laughs> she, she, like, she pins him, and then she has to like fight with him in quite a serious way while pinning him. And mm-hmm. yeah, she, just, she really pulls it off. She pulls off something that must have been quite a challenging task. Yeah, yeah, props to her. Um... And then also I'm thinking, like, what kind of curse turned him into a ventriloquist dummy? Uh, like, it seems like a strange way to punish someone, but, like, you'd make them a dummy, but you wouldn't, like, trap them forever in the dummy uh, in the way that Amy's mom is trapped forever in the cheerleading trophy. Mm. You know, that's that's a good punishment for somebody. Making them, like, a, 
like a living enchanted sleazy dummy feels both very specific and not very efficient. <laughs> like there must be some kind of irony to it. Like, do you think Sid was as a human was a ventriloquist? Mm, maybe. There must be maybe. some kind of like delicious, delicious irony. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't get it at all. But because um, he doesn't, does he say? <clears throat> does he say why he was trapped? He he says, "Oh, there was me. There was like a really weird demon or, or something like that." Or I I can't remember. He says there was me. There was a demon. Long story. Doesn't say. Uh, but you know the curse is that he has to kill. Did he have to kill like seven demons or something like that? I I can't remember. He has to kill the demon anyway. Yeah. To, yeah. He has to be a demon hunter. Yeah, because we've really glossed over the twist here, which is that Sid isn't bad; he's good. Oh yeah, Sid. Sid was Sid was fighting Buffy because he thought she they... was the demon. He knew there was a demon there, and he just assumed it was Buffy. And then they're like, "Why did you assume that it was Buffy?" And he says, "Oh yeah, because she's supple and athletic." And then nubile. nubile, and then his eyes roll back in his head, <laughs> and he just like stops moving as if the spirit has actually left this little ventriloquist dummy body, and uh-huh. it's the creepiest thing. Do you know what it reminded me of? Do you remember the Evian babies <laughs> yes. that used to terrify yeah, you? But also, um, <laughs> do you remember that video? that was doing the rounds on YouTube for a while, which was by a lady who had learned to do some animation using <gasps> this animation program, but like, what? Pizza Burning. Yes, and she made this video to, what's the Beast of Burden song by the Rolling Stones, but changed it to, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want my pizza burning. And... <laughs> And it's just this, there's like this little bit in it. So it's this kind of weird, weird animation where everything looks slightly wrong. And then the voice is like, I don't want my pizza pizza burning. burning. And then there's a scene where this kind of strange animated face turns around to look at the camera and like this tongue comes out. And it's really, really uncanny and upsetting. And that little moment reminded me of that bit in the pizza burning video. I don't want my pizza burning. I woke them out. I smell it burning. But there's some, yeah, there's something really like kind of uncanny valley. Yes, yeah. About Sid, not just <clears throat> Sid, but specifically his sexuality as a ventriloquist mm-hmm. dummy is, it really like stretches the boundaries of what, humans are and what sexuality is um so yeah yeah i mean again what are his biomechanics like how is he horny like he must you know like is his personality just horny because the thing is like horniness depends on sort of like hormones in your body as well mm-hmm. i suppose everything depends on something in your body but you know what i'm saying i'm just saying you know like i don't know like, does he have, like, a little puppet prostate that's, like, you know... I'm going to you know. choose to say no. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Just for my own peace of mind. <laughs> because I think there's there could be all sorts of things going on in this episode that we're not seeing, and I don't really want to know about it, if there are. Yeah, okay. But, um, yeah, Sid's sexuality, I find 
a little bit disturbing. It's very, it's very disturbing. Like, obviously, they needed to make a personality big enough to, like, give this puppet any sort of presence in the show mm. at all, I suppose. Um, so then, I don't know, it's it sort of... As often happens with the these episodes, I sort of kind of just stop taking notes towards the end, but I do have... Um, uh, one thing, so so they're trying to figure out who the demon wants to harvest next because the demon is someone is a demon that's trying to stay as a hu- in human form, right? So yeah, so Sid Sid's not the baddie. There's another baddie. Yeah, yeah. So the baddie is a demon who is trying to harvest human <clears throat> organs in order to become flesh. Because, like Pat Butcher said, I will. He be must flesh, be flesh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So. Uh. Then it's he's looking for the best, the only the best organs. So you know they were like, oh well, he he's gonna want the smartest person because, mm. um, like, I I guess yeah. So Emma uh, must have had the best heart. Exactly, that's what I was thinking. Like Emma had like Emma like did she have, did she have the best symbolic heart? Yeah. Like, you know she had like a golden heart or she just like had a really good functioning heart. Was she heart. very like, kind was, or was she just very fit? Yeah, was she like an athlete? Um. Uh, was there any other uh, students killed that we know of? No, so like they don't really mention. Presumably, he would have then gone to find the person who had the best liver. Um. Okay. So. Uh. Then. Uh. There. It, it seems that the demon kills Morgan. Mm. Uh. For his brain, but then it turns out that Morgan. Morgan's brain uh, was it was a sick brain and was therefore not viable. Morgan as a, had a as brain a... tumor, which is yeah. just very dark and sudden and unexpected, and then they move right past it. Mm-hmm, totally, and then they're like, "Yeah, that's why he was so weird." Also, they um, find out just by at the school. It, Willow's hacking into the school records, right? Those aren't just publicly yeah. available records where she can just go in and be like, "Oh, look, he's yeah, got a brain yeah, tumor." Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, she's she's hacking all the time. Uh, but that scene, there's a little bit of a plot hole to it, I think. Um, so Xander's trying to prove to Willow that she's the smartest person in the school now. Mm-hmm. And how does, how does he test her? He asks her what the square root of something is. Right, he asks her what the square root of, I think it's like 700 and bloody blue. But he therefore already knows that that number has a square root yes mm. that it has an e- like i mean ev- every number i think most numbers must have a square root like an, an uh one that's full of loads of decimal points or some yeah, shit I, I don't right. know. but but he knew that that had a clean square root which means uh xander here uh not as thick as he let on no. or, or 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 do you know what i think maybe happened is like I don't know. Maybe they like thought, oh, asking her what what eight squared is doesn't sound, mm. you know, as exciting or something because like square root sounds better Very or clever, something. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, that's a little plot hole there. That's a little plot hole that that Xander Harris no knew knew that it had a square root and even square root. Or maybe there's just dimensions to Xander that we're that we haven't really appreciated before. Maybe Xander. <laughs> maybe he has a beautiful mind. Yeah. And he just hides it really, 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 really well. <laughs> uh, so this is when we get to um, the, uh, the 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 point of this demon. So this demon wants to be human, mm-hmm. and it wants to be human so that it can go to high school 
and be in a talent show. Is that the plot? Well, no, it's not the plot, but it's like, why is, why does he want to be a high school student? Like, Mm. is this, do you think like he's decided that like he wants to go to college and he better get some SATs or something? I guess so. But yeah, it's like, you know, if he wanted to be human, I don't know why he'd choose to kill loads of people just to go to high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are probably better places you could go. Even, you know, if you wanted to be within Sunnydale because it's on the Hellmouth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think that actually brings a really sweet dimension to the plot if he wants to be be in the school talent show that badly. Like, maybe when he was... Was he once alive? Maybe when he was alive he didn't get into the school talent show? All right, um, uh, we'll assemble on the stage in five minutes for the um, uh, power thing. Uh, talent shows. Mm-hmm. Talent shows at your school. Oh, man. Tell me about them. We, I actually uh, helped organise a talent show with a couple of friends at one point. Um, but yeah, we had very regular <laughs> talent shows. They were usually to raise money for some sort of charity thing. Um, and they were always very heavily <coughs> censored and policed because people always wanted to do quite sexy performances and weren't Mm -hmm. allowed to. So I remember um, a second year wanting to do a sexy dance to Yeah by Usher and Uh um, them saying no because it included (coughs) lines like, if you hold the head steady, I'ma milk the cow. And they weren't quite... Like, I remember, like, I just remember a lot of, like, the teachers watching the rehearsals and not like watching people do the things they wanted to do in the talent show and trying to work out if things were sexual or not because they didn't really know. Yeah, so, yeah th- we had the same sort of screening yeah, thing. The other one, because I remember there was... Uh, I was playing bass, actually, and uh, with a group of friends, it was like a band, but not really a band. And um, they wanted to do Californication by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I remember us trying to ha- trying to like debate with one of the teachers uh where he was like you can't do a song called californication we were like it's not rude there's no rude words in it at all and and he was like but it's called californication and we were like i don't know what you mean what's i think we knew what fornication meant but we were trying to pretend that we didn't um, it was a cat it was it was a catholic school it was right? a catholic school yeah yeah so i mean that that's like that's speaking their language <laughs> <laughs> it was a catholic school but it wasn't a very catholic school like it was uh-huh. it was you know it was a scottish catholic school it was <laughs> it wasn't very religious um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was just people whose parents or grandparents were irish basically um uh-huh. and but yeah they, they sort of tried to be a little bit religious sometimes the teachers did even if the students weren't and yeah i remember going through the lyrics of californication line by line and trying to prove that there was nothing sexual in there and then eventually <laughs> they made us do it without the lyrics so it was just so like wait did you say i didn't sing it did i was playing bass but the guy singing it just had to like hum or something just for the chorus no, all, the or whole song the, the whole song he just Oh my god! Because the teachers were too scared that there might be like sexual bits that they didn't understand. Basically, they were like, "Oh, but that's that that describes how you feel as a child yeah. as well. You're <laughs> constantly anxious that like that like every song is about sex in a way that you don't understand." 
Psychic spies from China try to steal your ventilation. Yeah, we went through it line by line and we're like, that's that's obviously not about sex. And the teacher were like, it could be. I don't know. I don't know what those lines mean. That's hilarious. Oh my God. Well, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, by Usher probably is about sex. <clears throat> God, there's too many talent show stories in my end to talk to 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 list fully, but uh, the yeah, so the talent shows that we had, um, <clears throat> they they in in primary school they were mostly like just people da- like literally just getting a, a stereo and like pressing play on a song and then like dancing around on stage to it and lip syncing mm-hmm. and not like dancing particularly well either. Mm-hmm. Um, so not really any talent, like, at all, like, uh, but, you know, I guess Ooh, ki- ki- kids, we were, we were having a good time. So I remember being involved in, um, I think I was on stage for Blue Dabba Dee Dabba Da mm-hmm. uh, as a group. I think there was like eight boys or something, and we were all just kind of going around lip syncing to Blue Dabba Dee Dabba Da um, by, <laughs> is it Eiffel 65? I hope there's a video of that somewhere. Um... But uh, I do remember from that that same talent show uh, era or that year, that edition, uh, was the year that uh, Because I Got High by Afro Man was out. Mm. And uh, two separate groups of students decided to dance, I think, to Because I Got High. <laughs> How old were you? Oh, they were like eight or something. Oh, and um, this was, they were actually the year below us. I think we were nine and they were eight or we were 10 and mm. they were nine or something like that there. And, um, but I remember uh, like really clearly that their, their first, their first draft dance that you have to like show to the teachers to make sure that mm-hmm. they get like screen it for obscenity. And the dance was literally just like stumbling around stage with their kind of eyes rolled back and then like <laughs> pretending to like smoke invisible joints and stuff. <laughs> And then, like, suddenly get, like, really blazed out and, like, kind of stumble backwards and stuff. And, like, uh, the teacher, like, she ran on stage to chase them off. Like, she was absolutely fuming. Um, oh, that's so cute. Because I think, because the video for that song was that kind of stuff, wasn't yeah. it? So they probably just saw the video and, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I remember that was really popular. Uh, and then also... Uh, then in, second, in secondary school, now secondary schools were the talent shows... Uh, so secondary school still had some lip syncing in the early days, back when people were younger. But then I think as um, I, I know they started bringing in like you know to be a band and like the bands would play or whatever. Mm. You know, like my friend friends were in a band called uh, Nameless, um, oh. and uh, they play Nirvana songs. And I kind of remember them as maybe being one of the only people that actually played instruments, like actually you know. Mm. Uh, there was there was some, there was some dancing as well, and I remembered this recently. Uh, it was like a few years ago because I just totally forgotten about it. But I remembered that there were um, uh, there was a Jackson Five performance where five girls uh, blacked up and got Afro wigs, oh. and um, yeah, did a dance to I think maybe ABC. White girls. It was Donegal, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. And the thing is, like, I mean, I know them. You know, like, I know them still. Um, mm. And, uh, it, it, you know, like, 
I don't necessarily, like, if, if, if 12 year olds are doing that, like, it's really up to the adults to stop them and teach them. Do you know what I mean? Like, so the teachers, the teachers were screening the performances and had stopped the eight year olds from dancing to Because I Got High. But that was, that was primary school. Oh, sorry, sorry. But like, but were the teachers still screening the performances at that point? Oh, yeah, because I'm sure one of the Nirvana songs uh, wasn't allowed to be sung because it either said sex or it mentioned a drug in it or something like that. I can't remember. But they were cool with blackface. No, the blackface, like they got in the paper, uh, but like in a good way. Like in a good way? Yeah, not not, not like, uh, you know, race scandal at... uh, They got in the paper like this was a fun day. Yeah, like a fun day was had by all the Mville talent show. And I mentioned it, wow. I mentioned it to another friend, one of our members, and I was like, do you know, I think, like, I just, like, kind of remembered, like, how kind of crazy it is that one of the talent show things was just this minstrel show, and that, like, again, like, you know, not that they did that, but that, like, it was just like, yeah, and all the teachers and all the adults and everyone was like, yeah, just, you know, that's great, they're a great fun thing to do, like, that's what the issue is. Um, so I mentioned it, and then my friend was like, Oh yeah, when they did Destiny's Child. And then I was like, they did it twice. I remember it went down. It went down so well the first time that, uh, that they decided they'd they'd black up again. And this time they do it as as Destiny's Child. Um, Wow. That's mad. And I think it's probably important to state at this point, in case anyone's listening and it's not clear to them, that you are not 67. Yes, no, no, this was um, 2003 or 2004 wow, or something. Wow, man. Uh, but yeah, no, I think the issue there is the actual school. Like, I think the issue is, uh, yeah. like, that is insane. That is insane. I mean, the teachers who were screening these performances yeah. should probably have been like... Mm. So, so yeah. Um, but I mean, like... Like Little Britain was doing black. No, exactly. Until like t- it was on mainstream telly until. But that, that's a like, that's a two- yeah. When was that? Like two thousand, like later than that, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, like mid late two thousands. Um. And like now, um, what's their faces? The guys from Little Britain are are like on the Great British Bake Off and stuff, just being like family friendly celebrities, and everyone's mm. just like, yeah, you did blackface on telly a few years ago. That's fine. You have to get the heart. Why is he such a bad musician, a uh, magician? Again, this is like when you have these magics at your disposal, like a talking ventriloquist mm. dummy, and and like you know blackest magics. Mm-hmm. Um, why why not use them? Is all I'm saying. Well, because he doesn't you know? want to get caught. Yeah, but you know that's the, he, this was like this was like the nineties. This is back when remember like the magician behind the magician's secrets and all that. The guy who wore the creepy mask and he'd show you how all the, oh, all the yeah. tricks were done. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think people would have just been like, wow, magic's amazing. There's this David Blaine guy. He's really cool. Do you know? think that's what David <laughs> Blaine's story is? Maybe. Maybe maybe this is actually... Yeah, maybe this is about David Blaine. I would believe that he's a demon. How David Blaine became human. Yeah. Just went to uh, high school, took some organs. I mean, yeah, and that's how he's able to, like, sit in glass boxes and not eat for 100 days or whatever. Well, he's definitely not human. No, no. So yeah, it's not con- not not convincingly. No, no, so. no. Uh, then, have you got much more to talk about in the end here? No, not really. Um, I enjoyed the final scene, where yeah. the curtains open onto the to the talent show. Oh, and the scene is that uh, the the demon has been 
turned into a full demon Mm -hmm. it's been it's been decapitated in a guillotine that was it was trying to decapitate giles for for its brain and sid has plunged his (laughs) plunged the knife in again made some very kind of sexual sighing as he died on top of the demon yeah uh and then buffy picks up the doll and the curtain opens and everyone in the talent show uh all of the parents and, and the teachers and all see see the scene and they're like what what is this like they, they're like is this a tableau is, it, is this some kind of dramatic scene and it's quite it's quite yeah. a cute ending like snyder says what is it? i don't get it is it avant-garde okay. <laughs> um so yeah i kind of think they should have just like i would have liked to have seen them turn that into like a scene yeah <laughs> Although, although the Oedipus, the Oedipus scene is, is quite fun. That was lovely. So they, they do a little scene from the Oedipus at the end and it's very cute. It's, it's very, very cute. 